Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Good day, everybody. My name is Sylvain Brisebois, and I'm a national sales manager and a senior vice president with BMO Private Wealth. In the recent past, BMO Financial Group created a division called Financial Crimes Unit, which integrated cybersecurity, fraud, and physical security capabilities. Today, we're joined by Larry Zelvin, head of this Financial Crimes Unit, to talk about cybersecurity. Larry, the digitization of daily life has become our new reality, and I think it's here to stay. But with this convenience of a digital life comes risk, of course. So thanks for joining us today and help us gain a deeper understanding of what it all means to clarify what we need to be aware of and what actions we need to take should we detect suspicious activity. So on that, let's start. Larry, you have a very interesting background. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure, Sylvan, and thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, really appreciate uh, speaking to everybody today. Uh, so I've been at BMO Financial Group for uh, two years now, almost to the day, uh, and I was very much attracted to the concept of the Financial Crimes Unit, which I know we'll get into a little bit more. Uh, but before being at BMO, I was at uh, Citigroup, uh, where I was the global head of cybersecurity for about four and a half years, uh, led teams around the world and helped Citi and our, uh, the clients and, and our partners uh, deal with cyber risk. Uh, prior to that, uh, I spent 28 years in the United States government. Uh, two and a half years before Citi, I was at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, where I led one of three U.S. government cyber centers. Uh, my counterparts were the FBI, the uh, Federal Law Enforcement Agency in the U.S., and the National Security Agency, or NSA, which did intelligence. Uh, so the three of us constituted the U.S. government's approach to cybersecurity, at least at an operational level. Uh, before that, uh, I am a retired United States Naval officer. Uh, I was an aviator by background, served for 26 years. Uh, but when I wasn't at sea or in the year, I was in this place called Washington, D.C., which is getting a fair bit of press. Uh, and I um, a lot of time uh, at the Pentagon. And then I did uh, my last three years on active duty uh, at the White House, uh, serving in the first term of the Obama administration. Uh, and, and when I was at the Pentagon and also the White House, predominantly a crisis manager, everything from 9-11 to Hurricane Katrina, uh, and then the largest disaster uh, I, I helped uh, manage was the Japan earthquake tsunami nuclear disaster. So crisis management and security background, uh, and that's what led me to uh, BMO. Well, that's a fascinating story, I think, for the caller, uh, for the uh, participants today. We think we've got somebody who knows a thing or two about, about security. So thank you, uh, Larry, for, for sharing that. Now, can you talk about, you've been at different places, as you just touched on. Can you speak about uh, BMO's approach to security and how that might differ from other areas that you've been you've been at before. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. Uh, you know, look, two years ago, Daryl White, the executive committee and the board also blessed it is that BMO went on a journey that was uh, rather uh, creative uh, and and rather uh, innovative, uh, and that's what led me to BMO. Uh, and by by you know, so what was creative? What was innovative? Well, in in most organizations, uh, particularly financial institutions. Um, security tends to stay in pillars, right? So you have the cyber folks, you have the fraud folks, you have the physical security folks, the crisis managers. And look, they may integrate every now and again, but they don't, they try to work closely together, but, you know, they have different bosses, they have different priorities. And so bringing that together, I'll tell you, throughout my career had been rather frustrating. Uh, and even within those areas of cybersecurity and fraud, you had those silos, 
Um, but the journey that BMO started two years ago was to put one leader, which in this case is me, uh, to oversee cyber fraud, physical and crisis management so we could create that fusion, that integration, that horizontal connection. And I think it's really critical uh, in, in these modern times because look, the, the, most of the attacks we're seeing in cyber uh, are, are related to fraud. We see physical security that has uh, digital uh, aspects as well. And then you'll see frauds that also uh, are perpetuated by people going into our branches. So these things cross all over the place. And when you look at the bad actors, the criminals is in particular, you know, they don't work in silos. They don't really break down into organizational effectiveness models. They do whatever is necessary to steal money. Um, so this is a really adaptive approach. And I'm excited to say that what we started at BMO is now being emulated by other companies. Uh, I, I think we're way ahead and I think we're doing it quite well, uh, and, and I'm sure others will someday catch up and we can all work together. Uh, but uh, this really has been an exciting journey, and I think it's something that has better helped us to better protect our bank, our customers, uh, and also our partners. Okay, fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. Now, this doesn't sound like it's a new industry by any, uh, by any means, uh, but speak to us about how the pandemic, uh, has it increased the security threat or has it been about the same all along here? Yeah, no, it's increased uh, really uh, greatly. Uh, so, you know, none of us have, uh, you know, really had any time off. Security is always a, a busy thing. Uh, be, you know, physical side, unfortunately, bank robberies, vagrancy, you know, the frauds are, are, are nonstop. The cyber attacks uh, are, are constantly going. But when everybody transitioned to a work from home environment, this was a really great opportunity for criminals to really uh, expand their market share, so to speak. Um, and, and so they started uh, as people working uh, from home and really with COVID uh, playing to people's fears. Uh, so early on in the pandemic, uh, we saw frauds and cyber attacks that were saying, hey, by the way, if you need test kits, uh, please click on this link. Or, um, hey, if you need to apply for loans, particularly individuals and businesses, small businesses, you know, open this attachment. Uh, in some cases, there were uh, attempts to say, hey, your coworker, your neighbor, your family member is sick, so, you know, please call us. And all these were fraudulent. All these were ways to get people to share their credit card information, to share uh, their bank account data, so for wire transfer, or potentially even to apply for loans fraudulently. As government loans started coming up, then they shifted and started going after the money, uh, either by, again, falsely pretending to people applying for these government grants or getting people to take the grant money and shifting it over uh, to the fraudsters so they could literally steal the funds of, among those who needed it most. Vaccines also became a big way that they tried to lure people to do things that they didn't. So they took advantage of people when they were down and when they were most vulnerable, which is really sad. But uh, at the end of the day, let me answer your question more directly. The industry as a whole saw cyber attacks increased six to 800 times that which we, which we hadn't seen before the COVID crisis began. So it increased six to eight times or six to 800 times what we had seen. Uh, so it, it got a lot worse and it is coming back down. But as new government relief programs come online, people need to be careful because the fraudsters, they're following the money. Okay, very good. So that sounds like the pandemic brings a requirement for further due diligence. Uh, for our listeners today, are there other security threats that people should be concerned about here? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I alluded to um, 
you know, some of the techniques around COVID, but, you know, look, there are a number of things that continue to go on. And, you know, there are things, uh, what I would say is, is you've just got to be careful, uh, you know, when you are looking uh, at, at your email as you're engaging online through web access, um, you know, you really need to be a skeptical uh, consumer of information. Uh, and really in particular, you got to watch the links you're clicking on and opening your attachments. Because these are the basic and most common ways that individuals can be uh, lured uh, in, into a, a trap uh, that the criminals are, are trying to get them uh, to, to act on, uh, on these, these, uh, these frauds they're trying to perpetuate. So, uh, you know, the, the, one of the biggest advice I give people, and, I'll, and I'm happy to share some more if, if you like, is uh, just slow down. Don't be so quick to click on the link. Don't be so quick to share your information really look at it and go, Jesus, this makes sense. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll take you up on that, on that offer. You say, let's, let's slow down. Could you share with our listeners three or four other things that you'd recommend uh, they do to decrease the security threats, the threats that, are, that are lurking out there? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, one of the most important things is, is that before somebody asks you for any of your financial data, really make sure that it's legitimate. Make sure that you know, gosh, this person who's asking me, you know, that they are somebody you know, uh, that somebody you can validate. Um, you know, one of the things if you really want to be a, an uber skeptical uh, a consumer of information is, is the Better Business Bureau has a website where you can actually plug in a business and, and, and see if it actually exists, because a lot of these are front companies. You know, you can call back if everything's electronic and say, I want to speak to an individual. Um, but, you know, one of the if and, and look, at any point, any of us can be fooled. I've been fooled uh, and I work in this industry and I've been working in security for decades. Um, but when you find something, you really one of the biggest pieces of advice uh, I, I can offer is, is you, you, you've got to confess. Right. And so it's most important to talk to your bank. Right. Talk to your financial institution. And hopefully it's BMO, uh, because we have a robust ability to help you through these things. And and in most cases, if we get to things soon enough we can help you, right? We can recall the data. We can stop the payment. You know, there's certain things like debit cards. That it's next to impossible to, to necessarily get the money back there because it's an instantaneous payment. But on things like wires and credit card fraud and deposit fraud, the sooner we get to it, the higher the probability that we'll be able to, to help folks and make them whole. You know, in some cases, there's these things called business email compromises. You've got to watch those where people are, you know, are, are, pulled into wiring money to a, to a location. In many cases, our fraud analysts will call the client and say, hey, are you sure you want to do this? And the client will go, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Last again, going, are you sure? They're like, yeah, we're sure. Only to a few hours later going, gosh, we, met, we got it wrong. Could you give us the money back? And unfortunately, again, if we can get that information soon, we can call the money back. But if days have passed and we did what the client asked, unfortunately, usually that money is lost and it's been laundered around the world about 10 times. So there's not much you can do. The last thing I would highlight is, is that Look, it is important to also let law enforcement know. Uh, if you're in Canada, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center uh, provides, you can talk to provincial and local police in the United States. The FBI runs uh, fraud programs, the Federal Trade Commission. So I would also encourage people to report these crimes because that's what they are. They are crimes. Very well understood. Well, thank you. That's, a, that's a, an eye-opening statement. I would, I would say... Um, uh, you've talked about some steps here to do, uh, and I would expand on that a little bit, or wish you could expand on that a little bit. What what does what's the first thing an individual should do if they if they think they've been impacted by one of these security events? You say reach out to the authorities. Is there something else that they should that we should think about? 
Yeah, I think the first thing you should do is, is if it is a financial crime, reach out to your bank, reach out to your vendor. So again, if BMO is your bank, please reach out to our fraud team uh, uh, and, and, and speak to our folks, email them. And look, sometimes they may be busy and you may be on hold. And, and I regret that, but you know, there's a lot of frauds going on. But do make contact with us. Uh, I would also encourage you to go up BMO's website uh, and look at security. Um, we have, I hopefully in a thoughtful way, have outlined a number of things that will help you prepare and will help you to better understand these threats so you can defend against them. Uh, we'll also provide information on how you can report it to us and also report it out to uh, law enforcement uh, groups as well. So if you get a chance, look at BMO's website, look at security, and, and, and take a few minutes and get yourself up to speed. The other thing I would encourage you to do is just to sit down with your family members once you all have a better sense of these things, because the most vulnerable people uh, in our society tend to be the elderly, and the young. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of folks, um, you know, are more trusting or they maybe are easily more easily uh, duped by these criminals. Uh, but, you know, as you look at the demographics and, and please, I'm not singling these people out because they're doing anything wrong. I can just tell you statistically from a crime perspective, the elderly and the young are the most victimized. And those are the folks we need to really make sure understand this threat and really get them to slow down. And when something happens, report it so we can properly deal with the situation. Okay, well, thank you very much, Larry, for your time today. I would say this has been, uh, for all the wrong reasons, a fascinating conversation and very insightful discussion uh, on cybersecurity. With online being the primary method of doing so many things uh, right now, this has been very timely and an informative session and lots of takeaways for us on how to better protect ourselves and uh, to be uh, to be mindful of, of the, the dangers that are lurking out there. This has been very helpful. Thank you. So in our evolving digital world, these comments are of critical importance and for us as a bank and for you, our listeners, and our clients. So to you today, our clients and our listeners, please be safe, be cyber safe. And of course, all the best for the new year. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you again, Larry, for your thoughts. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.